Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools, fools for, for Christ. Christ. Happy Tuesday, and welcome to Fools for Christ. Happy Tuesday. How's it going, Kimmy? It's going pretty well. Going pretty well. Good. And one thing we didn't talk about last week was how our resolutions are going. Yeah. So, how is the book coming? I know you talked about oh, losing, with the book. Yeah, losing a bunch of, oh, of stuff, but damn. you recovered. To be honest, I really haven't had time yet to continue working on it. Okay. Um, but um, I've honestly I've been getting some really incredible ideas, and I'm really excited for the next time I get to work on it because. Um, the ideas are just going to be flowing. Now, when you get ideas for that, do you have a, a standard way of kind of writing things down and keeping track of how, like what you want to include, or do you just like jot notes down here and there? Actually, I don't. Um, I, I have a very active imagination and, um, I remember I have like, so I have images in my head. So when I think of things, I more like see them, right? Instead of like the word, the the words aren't there. It's yeah. more of envisioning what it looks like okay. and what happens to the characters. I see. And so because I have that idea in my head, um, it becomes easier to write it down once I actually sit down and write. And probably harder to forget the image. Yes. Okay, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. oh. A very active imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want, so when I I want to try my hand at fiction sometime. Yeah. Uh, and maybe if I do, a way to kind of get past the, the paralysis of figuring out the perfect thing to say would be to imagine a scene and kind of figure out what's going on. And then once I have that fixed in my mind, then I could just go to work describing it yeah. rather than trying to invent it first by words and then see the action after that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll give it a shot if I remember. Yeah. And I don't know if my method is like correct by any standard of author, but well, it's correct for you. <laughs> it's working for me. And that's so. the one that matters, yeah. <laughs> and um, how is your dissertation coming? I'm very pleased with the progress. So yeah. I think I mentioned last time that I'm one fifth of the way there, and I have since started work on two more of the five chapters. Awesome. Um, yeah, and I anticipate having probably sixty pages total to write between the two of those, um, but it's not like I have to invent or create what those pages are going to be filled with. I already know what they're going to be filled with. Yeah. It, and I, I've, I'm familiar with this, most of the material, so it's just simply doing the work of sitting down and, and making sure I actually write that out accurately. Mm -hmm. um, well, today we're going to be continuing our theme from last week of hidden gems, and this is yes. the artist edition. And I thought of this formulation saying this right before we started, and that Really what we're doing here is we are finding examples of art that I feel like I, I only hesitate to say this because I'm worried like someone would raise an eyebrow and think like that's unholy to say that. But, <laughs> okay. Um, they, they nourish the soul. Um, especially when we, when we do one on books, I'm very bold in saying those like those nourish the yeah, soul. Yeah. Uh, but we're doing a, one of the, the artists we'll cover today is a secular artist, but I really think some of their stuff is nourishing to the soul. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there's just finding Christian goodness in areas where you might not uh, expect to, which is mm -hmm. kind of fun. Um, yeah. Strengthening our faith. Yeah. Through 
mediums that you might not even expect that right to come through. And whereas with with last week we were we were really having fun <laughs> with saying like okay if this if this were written by a saint to Jesus this is what it would be about. <laughs> um, they're they're not quite there yet, but we can always pray for you know Saint Mariah Carey or yes, something. Yes, um, we always can. Yeah, and should. Um, but these, I would say, you you don't even have to get creative to try to defend the authenticity of the truth they speak with respect to how we're supposed to live and be in relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and they are they're talking about really kind of common things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the reason why that's important to me is when we normally talk about Christian music and music that's supposed to help us with our faith and grow in our faith, mm-hmm. um, that music is very focused on our relationship with God in, um, it's not a narrow way, but it's, um, the scope is not as broad right. as what we're talking about here because these are um, everyday subjects where they're engaging the subject from this lens of wholeness and from this lens of really uplifting the spirit right and that's the we're not necessarily holding these authors up as, as saying like or these these artists up as saying these do this better than everyone oh no but simply like Hey, this is how we like find uh, reminders in daily life of the way we're supposed to live. Then it just because we're made in the image and likeness of God, even people who uh, at times live imperfect lives can mm-hmm. speak. The, I mean, that's every teacher, every like every person in the church is living an imperfect life, but speaks the truth uh, in some way. Like mm-hmm. when we authentically love, we're speaking the truth about what it means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not limited to baptized Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone can participate in God's love in that way because we're made to, it's, yeah. it's natural to us. Yeah. Uh, so say so this, this just the whole project we're doing here makes me like want to go out and flip through every book and listen to every album and find like who else is like this? Who, you know, who are we missing? Yeah, yeah, because uh, there are so many out there. Yeah. And these, um, the two artists that we're gonna musical artists we're gonna talk about today um, were two that we came across while we were preparing for our last podcast, and we realized that they didn't quite fit with yeah. the mold of what we were going for in that last podcast. Right. Um, and so I think you'll see why as we start to talk about them more. Yeah. And, and start to get into their music. And, um, absolutely. And so very, very quick caveat. We're not endorsing every lyric of every song. Mm-hmm. Um, these, are, these artists are certainly not without their fault. We're simply saying uh, they, more than occasionally, they frequently say good things and the lyrics, the ideas present, I would say the truth present in what they're singing about it can lift and elevate our minds to good things and remind us of how we're supposed to be living. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes there's, there's not good stuff in there. Uh, that can be, that's I think true of every single type of art. Um, and sometimes we get very, maybe that's, that's probably a topic for another show of why <laughs> we have filters for some things, but not for others. Yeah. Where, uh, old books get, like almost the rubber stamp uh, tet, like we pass it off and be like, well, if it's older than 200 years and it's still around, 
it's probably okay for me to read it without damaging my soul. Even though it's very, it's not very hard to find things that are objectionable in, in let's say, Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. um, but people are still willing to accept the flaws in there because there's so much good and beauty in what he's writing. And I think these artists fall into that category. Mm -hmm. um, even if not to that level, but still yeah. the same kind. Uh, so let's jump on in. Yeah. So first we're going to talk about Alana Marie um, Boudreaux. She, she was actually... Um, attended the same college that I did okay. and um, we lived in the same hall for a time I think it was only a year um, and so I, I knew her throughout her time at Franciscan and um, she just her musical quality really impressed me and I was really excited to see where she would go when she graduated and I was surprised that she didn't choose to go the Christian music route and that she instead opted for secular music. Um, and so she's very Catholic, very well-formed, very well-read. She's so intelligent. Um, and she she's opted to go the secular music route, which I thought was so interesting. Yeah. So I started listening to some of her music, and I was so astounded by the deep truths that she's able to hit on using that genre. That's a... I remember listening to an interview with Bono recently from U2, mm -hmm. um, speaking about the what he thought was the need for Christian artists to be more authentic and to mm. um, to not just rely on the Christian word in that that phrase, Christian artist, but to really be free to be an artist. Um, and there's there's some some satire out there about the inauthenticity of Christian music, and this is not to point a finger at any one person, but uh, the it's not an uncommon critique of uh, pop Christian music that it's vanilla and it's expectable and it doesn't often as I mean as you said it it's a it has a very niche uh, clear cut um, content area mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that doesn't overlap with life which means that they don't always speak to the reality uh, or to the fullness of, of human reality. Um, and so I'm really happy that Alana is like she's able to to say yes I'm Christian and I'm an, I'm an artist yeah. and I don't have to to have music that's playing on Christian radio for it to be Christian art and it doesn't have to be explicitly Christian. Right. So for unfortunately for copyright reasons we can't play music over here though we'd love to. Um, so <laughs> if at any point you're like well I just want to know who this is jump on YouTube and look our stuff up Alana Marie. Boudreaux, um, and we'll we'll list the songs that we're going to talk about as we go through here. So go check her out, and if you like her stuff, buy her CD. We don't get any kickback from that, no. uh, but we just like promoting good artists. Yeah, yeah, and her her stuff's a little difficult to find because she has gone an alternative route with selling her music. Okay. Um, and so you can do some albums on Amazon and some on Apple on iTunes. Okay. Does she so have vinyl? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if she's buying all that. would be yeah. really awesome. I love that people are, are kind of going retro with that now. Yeah. Um, but. Okay, so the first one I want to talk about, she has a song called I'm Sorry. And okay. this was the first one that sort of, um, when I was realizing that she was really making music. Yeah. This was the first one that I came across. Um, and it's essentially, it's just an apology letter to the world saying, I'm sorry if I ever hurt you. 
please forgive me. That's it? Like, to everyone? To everyone. Um, um, if I've injured your heart in some way, please know. Please know I'm sorry. If my inward coldness has burned you some way, please know. Please know I'm sorry. Um, and just to give you a kind of a sense of her vocabulary. Yeah. Um, she says, this minuscule heart is a torturous thing. It lies like a stone in my chest, but many I'd love like a spring bird flies in and my nakedest wounds are redressed. And so like her music is just so poetically beautiful. Right. Um, and in this apology song, um, I know in a previous podcast I talked about the, the five ways to apologize. She just does so, so fully and so wholly. Um, holy, I'm, I meant that <laughs> W-H-O-L yeah um, so so fully it's um, I think it's just beautiful that really resonates with me because there I don't know if this is unique to uh, to everyone or just you know to maybe a handful of people to some spectrum of the population uh, but it's not kind of uncommon for me to even though I know I've been forgiven uh, for, I would say, sins that are not, they're not insignificant, but I would never cla- uh, categorize them as mortal or things that I, I really like fretted over my salvation with, but I'm still deeply concerned about how I offended people and how I hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just to, to just wish I had never done those. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really... So it's kind of like calming to me to know that there's someone else out there like that who who has that same uh, kind of thought of like I'm sorry that I that I hurt you uh, and I know that hurt continues sometimes and so I'm still yeah. sorry for as long as it hurts you and I don't feel the need to just say it once mm. um, and that she would put that in a song is really really interesting yeah um, it's not the normal subject of a song no um, I well think we, except for Justin Bieber that's true yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's not too late for anyone to say sorry. <laughs> oh, um, I see what you did yeah. there. So what uh, what else would you recommend from Elena? She has a song called Oh Anxious One. And it's... Um, the way she sings it, it's almost like um, she's singing it to herself in a moment of like her being more aware of and not anxious okay. <laughs> and speaking to herself in moments of anxiety. Gotcha. And so it's almost like uh, a bit like a big sister type of feel to it of like I'm looking out for you like right. and speaking to this anxiety that you have. Um and it's um it starts out with, are you scared of me? I don't want to hurt you. Please believe. I don't have plans for your undoing. Please believe. Please let me. Let me love you. Um, and there's, there's definitely an echo of scripture in there. And that's, I think, Jeremiah 29. I have plans for your good and not for your evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then the, the last um, verse... Oh, anxious one, I know you better than most anyone. 
oh guarded one I love you better than most anyone and just um I, I don't know if she was writing that writing this as if she was writing it to herself right. or as a big sister to someone but to me that's how I received it yeah. as like um I'm older than her. I was a leader figure <laughs> yeah, in, at the college right. when I knew her. But I received it as, like, her as a big sister, like, encouraging me yeah. in moments of anxiety and to not give in to that and to trust in love. And as, as I'm hearing it now just for the second time, because uh, we listened to it once before we, we did the show to make sure uh, I kind of got an, an idea of it, um, yeah, I hear to me. I hear the voice of the Lord, mm. uh, and so it's that was not a, as you said, it's a secular song. But to me, I hear the voice of the Lord kind of calming me. Um, but it could. It's very easy to see the big sister or mm-hmm. that the mentor role in there, calming and reassuring when someone's in the midst of their anxiety, or yeah. almost like, okay, you're not in anxiety now, but it will return, and here's how you should respond when it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and she has such depth to all of her lyrics. This next one I want to talk about, it's called Controlled Burn. And for this one, um, essentially, it seems like she's being struck by the suffering of the world. And what's her response to that? Um, And so... um, Oh, my life, my life, my life, it stretches behind me. And I see all the missteps and the poorly timed kisses. I ache, I ache, I ache when I see all the nothing that could have been something that should have been you. Um, But in this forest full of second chances, your heat wave pulls me under. In this forest full of second chances, your green sap draws me upward. And so it's it's this beautiful like growing roots and also being pulled up yeah. out of this place of despair. Yes, yeah, which it's great that there's hope in that song, and it's not uh, there's no giving up. Uh, I mean, there's recognition like the and that's I think that's the challenge is when you're surrounded by I mean we're like it's going on right now we're looking at the aftermath of a massive hurricane hitting mm-hmm. uh, just the southern United States almost entirely really uh, and then another hurricane possibly looming mm-hmm. um, yeah and it's easy to get overwhelmed and not look up and not see the light when you I think when you look down all the mm-hmm. time you forget like the like the heavens are not far off right um, and sometimes it takes the reminder of of the goodness around us to not be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I love that. That's good. That's a song it's that I definitely beautiful. need to hear. That's a beautiful one. Um, and then I want to I want to mention one, but I want to really dive into one last one. So there there are two more. There's one called "Dismantled by Love," mm-hmm. and this has gotten her recognition from Matt Frad. Okay. Because it's speaking about um, the the sin of pornography, and. Um, it's a it's a beautiful song. Um, is that from the perspective of someone who is I guess gets taken advantage of by the production of pornography, or someone who uh, like the people who participate in the films themselves, or someone who's addicted to or, or like falls into that sin by consuming pornography? 
Um, it, I neither. Okay. It's more of um. It's more of speaking of the truth of love. Okay. In the midst of a pornographic world. If that makes sense, that's more of how I read it. Um, and so, in that, maybe I'm so wrong, but um, <laughs> um. So it says, lust is a coward, a liar, a beast, and it waits between the pages, poisoning hearts with sated duplicity, starving souls within its cages. Um, it's better to be dismantled by love that's as pure as running water than be soothed by a fire built on sterile desire. You look to us to slaughter. Wow. <laughs> like clear but, but true words like crystal to me that's really I really like that I'm gonna go I have not listened to that one so I'm gonna go listen to that and that's beautiful get a little more of her stuff uh, and then the last one that I want to talk about is called Simon um, and for this one this one is a it's a Christian song <laughs> and um, this is the first one of hers that I've that I felt like oh this is actually this is what I would classify as a Christian song, even though it doesn't fit the normal genre that you yeah. would place it in. Um, and it basically, she's looking at Simon Peter, and I feel like she's just encapsulated his heart in a song and his way of approaching the Lord. And um, the, the chorus is, if I could love you more than all the saints and angels combined, if I could give you just one thing, it would be my life. Um, and as she go in the bridge, all she sings is "Oh Bonitas," which is um, "Oh Beautiful." Yeah, it's I forget which saint it was that said that, but um, in my mind, it's Saint Peter at the Transfiguration. Oh, that's neat! Yeah, you know, oh, it's overcome. I can only only utter one word, really. Mm-hmm. Um. And so um, I just. I think that it's so beautiful because it it it's not sticking to one scripture story of Saint Peter, but it's right. more of like looking at his heart and um, if he were, if his heart and his conversion were to be a song, right? I and feel like this so captures that. Oh, I like that a lot, I and mean, that's a very um, like whole a uh, whole way of kind of looking at the person of not taking. A little vignette from one story but recognizing this gives us a glimpse and this gives us a glimpse and then uh, taking all of those little different aspects to try to create a, a collage of really what is what his heart was like mm -hmm. I like that a lot yeah well our next artist is we waited till the end because we figured uh, more people would be familiar with Mumford and Sons. Yeah. So if you're not into folk folk rock, um, they just might not do it for you. <laughs> but if you love a stand-up bass and a kick drum and a banjo and the the use of Shakespeare and that great English accent that Marcus Mumford has, <laughs> then you no doubt already like all these songs and you're going to love this. So we're preaching the choir. But if you have not given them a chance yet, whether it's because you don't like banjo or you've just never run into them, would encourage, uh, go back to their first two albums. The Their, their third album, Nothing Wrong With It, um, 
but it just they were kind of getting experimental with their sound and were less poetic. Okay. Um, so these first two albums, I would say, really the first one is that was the first one I fell in love with, and so um, to me that's where a great amount of truth is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll start with "Sigh No More." Yeah. There's uh, he's got three, I guess, little. They're all part of the same verse. He says them in a row, but uh, they're all verse length in their own. Um, Love will not betray you, mm. dismay, or enslave you. It will set you free. Be more like the man you were made to be. And kind of going back to what you were just saying about the, the song by Alana, Dismantled by Love, about pornography, that authentic love doesn't betray, dismay, enslave. It sets us free and allows us to be to become who we were made to be mm-hmm. um, and i mean this works this applies to i mean discernment like are you are you afraid of giving your life to the lord because you're afraid that you'll be disappointed you'll be dismayed or uh, you'll be captive to his will and that won't mesh with your heart's desires mm. this is like a perfectly clear call like do not be afraid of the love of the lord um, and Mumfordism speaks about God often enough that I, it would not surprise me if they were speaking about God here. Um, especially because as he continues, there is a design, an alignment to cry of my heart to see the beauty of love as it was made to be. Yeah. Um, just recognizing like we're, we're made for love by love. Uh, we are, I mean, just, you can go on and on and on quoting church fathers and councils and scripture here. Um, we remain kind of unknown to ourselves except through a sincere gift of self, which is authentic love. Mm-hmm. And that's like, this is the default mode of our heart. Uh, and when we live according to that, we find joy, we find peace. But when we don't, we're, we're left wanting more. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the next one, and this is uh, like this one's probably almost more of like a light, heavy rock song, but <laughs> white blank page. Um, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, and he like he sounds a little angry in this song. Yeah, yeah, he's not a um, he's struggling with some stuff in this one. Which is that's where the authenticity comes in, and yeah. sometimes like people want to shy away from that and not. Uh, not show the the dark parts of their heart, not show the imperfect parts of their heart, because they want to be, they want the good parts of themselves to be up front and center. Yeah. And it, I would say, it looks like um, from the lyrics, he's been betrayed by somebody he's in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it was it was infidelity or a breach in a friendship. Um, but I mean, tell me now, where was my fault in loving you with my whole heart? Um, and I love the line that he says, you desired my attention, but denied my affections. Because there's so much truth there, like looking at the theology of the body. Right. Um, of the wholeness of love mm-hmm. and how um, she had only given him part of her love. Right. As if she was playing cat and mouse games with him or something. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm... Your attention is satisfying my vanity or my desire to, to have my ego stroked. Um, so there are other, we have 
there are more songs than we have time to do. Um, so I will, uh, as much as I want to do, I will wait. I'll have to wait on that one. Uh, and the <laughs> cave is so good because there's a Chesterton uh, reference and um, a St. Francis reference. I mean, like explicit at the same time, undeniable. Uh, and I'm going to go to a new song. So this is, I'm jumping off of the first and second album here and talking about There Will Be Time. Okay, so and we're skipping the cave and yes. we're going straight to this new song. Yes, if okay. we can go back to the cave, we will. But okay. um, the, There Will Be Time was recorded with two other different music groups. Uh, and this is, like, hands, like, no, no doubt about it, a praise and worship song. Yeah. But it's not a praise and worship song when they're high on the mountain and having, like, great emotions. This is a praise and worship song of someone who knows in uh, with with logical certainty that God is real, God loves them, God exists. And at the same time, it's maybe not emotionally there. They're not on that emotional mm-hmm. high, mm-hmm. but they can say with the like the gift of reason that the Lord has given them, um, you are my God and I will learn to love and adore you no matter what is what else is going on. So, I mean, in the cold light, I live to love and adore you. It's all that I am. It's all that I have. Uh, I mean, there's uh, there's no beating around the bush here. This is, the song is written directly to God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for, I, for that, I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, these, they're like international megastars, and they wrote a major song directly to God. Yeah. That's, that's not angry. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's my favorite song of theirs right now. That may change in a week. <laughs> and um when they sang it live um wasn't the the co-artist that was there i, I forget the name baba mall okay yeah um they sang ecclesiastes yeah they no they, they take from ecclesiastes and the the live version is better than the recorded version i only listen <laughs> to the live version for that reason um, but it's on youtube so go check it out i'm gonna have to listen to it dan cool well Thank you very much for joining us. We had a great time discussing these artists. And if you get a chance, um, check out some on your own and see if you can find truth in them. So have a great week, everybody. We'll be with you next time. Until next time, God bless. Peace.